0: Hi, welcome to Memory Chips Podcast. I am Anne Wyszynski and I have a collection of potato chip bags from around the world. And every so often I go through this collection and a certain bag or bags will bring up memories of people, places, ideas, and I really want to share these with you. So if you please subscribe, you will never miss a bag. I've been trying for two years to get my Polish friends to talk to me about, you know, Polish stuff for this podcast. But one thing I remembered about my time in Poland is that Polish people can generally be characterized as shy or maybe modest. I know that seems strange coming from me as someone who's of Polish ancestry and who is decidedly not shy or modest. But despite that, I did feel quite at home in Poland. And this sense of comfort perhaps stemmed from the fact that in every town, in several squares, and in front of many churches, there are life-size stone statues of my grandfather, Floyd. Okay, they're not of my grandfather, but they are of a Polish man, a person resembling my grandfather in many ways. The way he rests his long index figure on the side of his face, or the way he crosses his legs, He folds his hands together in his lap in the same way. He's got the same long nose and the way his eyes slope down at the sides and are framed by the same puffy bags underneath and the triangular brows above, completely like my grandfather. The first time I saw one of these monuments in front of the Church of St. Joseph of the Visitationists in Warsaw, I stood staring at it in shock and wondered, why is Floyd wearing that gown and Pope hat? Even today, knowing what I now know about this man in the statue, I'm amazed when I see photos of the two placed side by side. And even more so now that there's a third added to the mix, my 20-year-old nephew Silas Floyd, who was given my grandfather's name because of his physical resemblance to him at birth. Today, since my friends in Poland are not cooperating, I'm going to talk about this man, to whom I am not so distantly related, It turns out, the Cardinal Stefan Wyszyński, Polish prelate of the Catholic Church and Polish national hero. I had grown up hearing about the Cardinal. I knew we shared a last name, Wyszyński, although his is spelled the traditional way, W-Y-S-Z-Y-N-S-K-I, and ours is the bastardized Ellis Island version. I was unclear in what capacity Floyd and the Cardinal were were related. He was either an uncle or a first cousin, but there were a few reasons why I never paid attention to the specifics. First of all, the name Wyszynski is not uncommon in Poland, or Ukraine, or Lithuania. It's an occupational surname meaning innkeeper or bartender, so you know there are plenty of those. Secondly, I find genealogy extremely boring. And lastly, I'm not Catholic, and in fact, my grandparents were, thankfully, what I would categorize as agnostic. So I didn't really know what a cardinal was anyway. My grandfather, Floyd, grew up in a coal mining area of southern Illinois, but was having none of it and split. Floyd was tall. He played basketball. Can you imagine having to work in a coal mine at 6'4"? He instead went north and enrolled in Teachers College in Monmouth, Illinois, and there he met an art student, my grandmother Helen, who coincidentally was of Polish-Prussian ancestry from Gdansk, which you will find out would have made the Cardinal sad, probably. They settled in her hometown north of Chicago, where Floyd was a school teacher and athletic coach and eventually became the superintendent of schools. Stefan Wyszynski, is from the tiny village of Susala in the middle slash north slash east of Poland between Warsaw and Bialystok. His father was the, the school teacher of the village, pretty much the superintendent of school, singular. He was from a noble family, but one with no land or money, mostly because at that time, Susala was in a region of Poland occupied by Russia. Basically, Russia annexed the area as part of the partitions of Poland, when over 123 years, foreign invaders, usually Russian, eliminated Polish sovereignty. Although Stefan Wyszynski was a churchman, of equal priority with the church was the fight for Poland as a sovereign state. And this is what he's known for all over Poland, which after World War II was roughly 90% Catholic. By all accounts, the cardinal was a magnificent man, an intellectual powerhouse and indefatigable leader who was regarded by both Polish people and communist rulers who he was fighting as the greatest national bedrock for social and political stability. He wasn't just a spiritual leader, but a political force. When he died in May 1981, Michael Dobbs of the Washington Post wrote a stunning obituary that I, of course, didn't read at the time because I was 12, and I was busy reading the sex parts in that trashy romance novel, Clan of the Cave Bear. I grew up in Chicagoland and was surrounded by Polish and Italian Catholics, but not being religious ourselves, I have to admit that there was really no discussion about the cardinal or his role in mediating the political turmoil in Poland. My grandfather was estranged from his own coal miner father, who may have been able to fill in some of the gaps about their relationship to the cardinal. But that didn't happen. So it was not until I read the Washington Post obituary that I found out about the Cardinal's mad leadership and mediation skills. So this is from the obituary. It is difficult to separate Cardinal Wyszynski's achievements as a great churchman from his achievements as a national leader. For many centuries, the Primate of Poland has played a political as well as spiritual role. If anything, despite the separation of church and state, the political importance of the office has increased during the decades of communist rule since the end of World War II. A generation of Poles, the vast majority of whom are Roman Catholic, has looked to Cardinal Wyszynski as the embodiment of Polish sovereignty. He won enormous popular respect as a result of his unbending refusal to be intimidated by the repressive power of a totalitarian state. For many years, Particularly during the neo-Stalinist period of the 1950s, the Roman Catholic Church was the only institution in Poland to preserve its independence and historical traditions. Cardinal Wyszynski paid for his defiance with the three-year spell of forced isolation, but this only add to his rep- added to his reputation and popularity. Although adamantly opposed to Marxist ideas, the Cardinal was a political realist. His two main concerns were the integrity of the Polish nation and the spiritual regeneration of its people. This, in turn, led him to take the long view of history, preferring to think of the distant future rather than temporary political gain. It was this difference in historical perspective that enabled him to negotiate with one communist leader after another. It also earned him the grudging respect of his political opponents. During World War II, Father Wyszynski was active in the underground resistance against the Nazis in both Warsaw and Lublin, serving as a chaplain to the London-based Polish Home Army. In Poland, unlike some other Eastern European countries, the Catholic Church was distinguished by his active opposition to Nazi rule. He also provided much of the inspiration for the Solidarity Labor Movement. Many Solidarity leaders, and particularly Lech Walesa, openly revered the primate, Walesa once described him as the most impressive man he had ever met, and specifically included the Polish born Pope John Paul II in comparison. Yikes. Cardinal Wyszynski's first intervention in the crisis came during the long strike at the Lenin shipyard in Gdansk, which then party leader Edward Gierek apparently persuaded him that there was a risk of imminent Soviet action. He delivered a televised sermon urging that strikes be used only as a last resort, but expressing support for the workers' grievances. On that occasion, the strikers ignored his advice. Later, it was alleged that his sermon had been censored in order to emphasize the return-to-work appeal at the expense of his primary message, that nothing be done to jeopardize Poland's national integrity. Cardinal Wyszynski reminded the authorities that they were supposed to serve society and respect human rights and freedoms, He reminded Solidarity members that much time and patience was necessary in their struggle, quote, for social rights and economic demands, unquote. I remember hearing about the Solidarity Workers Movement in Gdansk in the late 70s. I was 11. At that time, we cheered for the workers who were 90% Catholic and for Lech Walesa. But years later, as an adult, I would find out that Lech Walesa is a racist homophobe and likely misogynistic. So how, how do you reframe the concept of a great man and a great leader? How do you square your support for workers, political autonomy, freedom, equality, with the opposing qualities of bigotry and religious zealotry when they're in the same person? And when that's something that you can't get behind. (laughs) Three decades after the Solidarity Movement, I hung out in the Gdansk shipyards where the movement took place with the Polish man I was dating who lived in nearby Gdynia. The shipyards had been turned into a memorial of sorts and were home to several arts organizations and hosted festivals and graffiti contests all run and attended by young sovereign Poles who grew up after communism exited the country. The Polish guy I was dating was younger than me and was born, if not after communism, then right before it fell. When I pressed him for what he knew about the life of Stefan Wyszynski, he claimed to know very little. And maybe he doesn't, simply because he's busy living in the present world of high tech and culture and has little patience for religion or the struggles of the previous generation. But I wanted to believe that the Cardinal's principles were more in line with mine, despite his being Catholic, than with Walesa's. This paradox appears to be a through line in our lives that doesn't seem to be disappearing anytime soon and with which we need to come to terms with. But for now, I I just like to fantasize a scenario in which the Cardinal and Lech Walesa and my grandpa Floyd and my nephew Silas are sitting around a table full of bags of super Polish flavored chips and being totally badass Uncle Cardinal, could you please pass me the Lay's Galanka ham hock with spicy horseradish? Oh, we're out? Well, then how about the Wieski Simnowski country potato flavors? Either butter and salt or just plain dill. Oh, you'd like the old Polish dry sausage of Krakow? How Polish of you? If you think that exchange is ridiculous, so do I. But I'm just hoping that any of my Polish friends who might listen to this will be mortified and contact me immediately. I have so many other Polish chips bags to talk about. Thanks for listening, and if you have any questions or comments about what you heard today, please post them to the review section of your podcast player. So if you use Apple Podcasts, you click on the show thumbnail and scroll down to leave a review, and then whatever happens after that is up to you, but hopefully it's nice. You can also leave posts at, on Instagram at at memorychipspodcast.